The Pilgrimage of the Heart podcast is brought to you by PYO.Yoga, an online studio for all your yoga needs, including videos in Spanish and Russian. This podcast is also brought to you by Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga, located in San Diego and serving over 1,000 yogis a week. Hi, this is Sujantra. Join me now and every week as we explore yogic philosophy and apply it to our daily lives. So we're picking up the story. Basically, there was just a great battle in heaven between the forces of light and the forces of um, greed and selfishness. And the good side won. Uh, the demons got cast down. They went under the ocean, took, took refuge under the ocean. And all's calm for a little bit. But now we're getting into the, the ultimate uh, battle here that the story deals with is the um, Rama, the great... Uh, uh, God that descends into human form, and then the, uh, the demon Ravana. And so this passage, uh, tonight we're looking at how, how this, basically setting the plot, you could say, or setting the scene. <clears throat> and the, the story is being told to the king. So the, the king is sitting there, and a, um, a hermit has met the king and is telling him. So he says, So, majesty, the demons were driven away once long ago, but they hoarded their possessions and hopes far underground in the Naga kingdoms and watched for some chance to return. So the Naga is the great snake. So in the kingdom of the snakes underground. Pulastya was one of Brahma's mind-born sons, one of the inspired forefathers of life. He lived on a lonely hill of the Himalayas, alone, looking out over the lowlands. He felt no need to be busy. He watched the world go by. He was in love with the quiet hills and the pines and the deodars, with Himalaya rising to heaven. <clears throat> and so we have like the classic creation myth. So how does, how does existence begin or how do human beings or the different beings come into existence? And so here we have this Pulyastya, one of Brahma's mind-born sons mind-born sons. And so, we're all born from bodies. You know, we come from our mother's bodies. But the idea here is that this is a much more subtle realm. And just like we can think something and then create things, we can create chairs and computers and um, drawings. And so we can create a lot with our minds. But as far as I know, we don't have the ability to, to create just with our minds life or beings. 
Although you, you see that in the in like the sorcery, you know, the magician like is conjuring up spirits or conjuring up forces to go do their bidding. So you kind of you see it in the um, some of the like the black magic or voodoo. You know, you conjure conjure energies. But here, where this is talking very high realm, so Brahma is one of the, is the name of God in the creative force. So. Pulyasta, one of Brahma's mind-born sons, one of the inspired forefathers of life. He lived on a lonely hill of the Himalayas, alone looking out over the lowlands. He felt no need to be busy. He watched the world go by. He was in love with the quiet of the high hills, with the pines and the Himalayas rising to heaven. So that state of, of contentedness. It's not laziness, it's not lethargy. There's, there's just no need to be busy. He's in love with, with all that's around him. That same hill was a favorite playground for Apsaras and Naga girls. So Apsaras are the, um, the celestial um, maidens of heaven. The Apsaras. So again, this um, like idyllic, pure realm who ran about singing and laughing together with the daughters of the local hermits. When they disturbed him for the hundredth and hundred and eighth time, Pulyasta told them, if I ever see any girl playing around here anymore, she will become pregnant. Fearing that, fearing that they stayed away. But the, da- but the daughter of one of the hermits had not heard the curse The very next day, she came looking around Pulyasta's home for her friends. She came into his sight as he was singing. He only glanced at her, but she turned pale and ran to her father. Her father, Trinavindu, said, Why are you no longer a maiden? She wrung her hands. Nothing happened. I was walking alone. Trinavandu centered his mind, and in, in, in an instant, he knew the answer. He led her back to Pulyastya and said, Please, take my daughter as your wife. Pulyastya accepted. Their son was Vaishrava. Vaishrava married a Brahmana's daughter, the Brahmins or the Brahmanas or the priests. And when his son was born, he called him Vaishravana. Vaishravana was a happy child, good-spirited and friendly, He stayed on his grandfather's hillside, smiling away, greeting the days like new friends. So happily did he live that he forgot to eat or drink. And for a thousand years, he even forgot to breathe. And so this idea of breath, we see it coming, it comes into the story a lot. And in the meditation, and in the yoga practices, the whole idea of pranayama, breath control. And that when our breath is active, so too is our mind. So mind and breath are, are intertwined. We often think of our mind and brain as you know, a different system in our body. But in the yoga philosophy, we have different components, but they're all intertwined. And so mind and breath, mind and breath are related. And so... This fellow is so happy and carefree, a thousand years go by and he even forgets to breathe. 
who's just like in a blissful state. When he did that, so when he forgot to breathe, in heaven, so up in heaven, Indra, Indra's marble throne grew hot. Lord Brahma had to come down and ask Vaishravana what he would like to have or to be. And so again, this idea of being able to, to control our energy, and the analogy here is that this person on earth, this human being, is controlling his, his life force, and it ripples throughout the universe. And in this case, it goes up to this high, the, the realm of the gods, and it starts to melt the throne of one of the beings. And here you have the idea, the analogy you sometimes see in the Indian philosophy of the heat at the base of the spine, or the kundalini force. So as you practice the, the spiritual disciplines, the heat rises. And in this case, the heat rises up to the realm of heaven, and the god comes down and says, okay, what, what do you want? In other words, you get a boon. You're granted a boon. And the parallel in our lives is that the more you're able to concentrate your awareness and focus yourself, the more you can get what you want in life. So the steadier your concentration is, the clearer your awareness is, the more quickly things come to you. And what comes to you is what you focus on. So our minds are like magnets. So the things you hold in your mind, the things you hold dearest in your heart, with, with spiritual discipline, those things manifest more quickly. And so this is the imagery of that. So again, um, when he did that, in Indra's heaven, in heaven, Indra's marble throne grew hot. Lord Brahma had to come down and ask Vaishravana what he would like to have or to be. To have or to be. I want to be always generous, answered Vaishravana. And Brahma made him lord of treasures and riches and wealth. And so you can put yourself in, in, his, in his shoes. So imagine that your spiritual disciplines or your meditation practice or your mind became so clear that you could manifest whatever you wanted. What, what would that be? It's like finding the, um, the genie's magic lantern. You rub it, the genie comes out and says, okay, you get three wishes. Or you get one wish. What are you going to wish for? All the money in the world, all the power, immortality. You know, what, what would it be? And so with this fellow, I want to be always generous. It's a pretty beautiful wish. It wasn't, it wasn't about him. It was about being able to always be generous, to give to others. So he becomes the Lord of treasures and riches and wealth. The treasure Lord, so Vaishravana, took the hermits and the beings of the hill lakes who loved water for his treasure keepers and made their king Mani Bhadra, his friend. And from Brahma, so the high god, 
From Brahma, he also received the huge aerial, aerial mind-driven chariot, Pushpaka, made by Vishwakarman, the heavenly architect. This chariot could fly with horses or without them and was as big as a small city and all covered with flowers. And further, Vaishravana got immortality and all the wealth of the three worlds and kingdom over kings. But Brahma gave him nowhere to live. Vaishravana asked his father what to do and Vishrava sent him to deserted Lanka. The people carried the treasures of the worlds across the southern sea and rode over the waters in the great aerial chariot. Vaishravana made beautiful Lanka his home, and from time to time he would return to the Himalayas to visit his parents, floating along by himself on rays of light. And so he has nowhere to live, and he goes and inhabits this city. And the city that he's chosen, the city of Lanka, is the city that the demons just lost. So the demons, in their great battle, uh, they lost this city, and they fled under, underground, underwater. And so now we're going to go into the underworlds, and these guys are looking up. In the netherworlds, the Nagas, Malyavan and Shumali, were still alive. Looking up through the salt water of the southern sea, from beneath a crevice in the ocean floor, they saw Vaishravana, the treasure king, taking his riches to Lanka. Malyavan didn't mind, but when Shumali saw Vaishravana's wealth gleaming and casting brilliant lights even on the floor of the sea, he was hit by envy. Unhappiness fell on him, and he asked questions and learned all about the birth of the treasure king. And so again, you see that the, the demons are always hit by, whether it's envy or jealousy or craving, they, they want what they don't, they want more, more, more. Whereas, you know, we met that guy who was just living on the hill, content, in love with the hills and nature. So that kind of energy, as opposed to uh, the, the demons that we see, they're never satisfied, they always want more, they want what is not theirs. And so you find that same principle in the yoga. So one of the uh, principles of yoga is non-covetedness. Not to covet what others have. And that applies even to our yoga practice because you see someone else in a posture and maybe according to the textbook, they're more advanced than you, they're doing the posture correctly or they have more flexibility and you look and you envy them. You look at that and you say, I, I want to do, I want that. I want what they have. And so these principles, you can see them at play even in, your, in, the, in the realm of the yoga. So you're in the yoga room, you're practicing yoga and you can, it's an opportunity because you're focusing on your breath to watch yourself and observe these forces within yourself because they're inside all of us. We have envy, we have jealousy, we have um, you know, all the things we want that we think are going to make us happy. And so these, 
These demons are just part of us. So this one demon, he's envious, he gets unhappy, and he asks questions and learns all about this treasure king. Like, who is this guy? Where does he come from? Because he wants to try and figure out, well, you'll see. So Shemalia, who's envious, told his daughter, Kaikasi, go to Vaishrava, so that's the treasure king's father, and get sons like that. She cast down her eyes, but fearing to disobey her father, she went to the hills. She stood before Vaishrava, scuffling the ground and with her, with her toe. He looked, at her, he looked at her and she said, I am Kaikasi, read the rest for yourself. Vaishravana took her for his second wife, and when, and when she gave birth, it was to four Rakshashas, and the Rakshashas are the demons. So remember, she's a, she's a demon, uh, a demon, she marries the same powerful being, and to her are born four demons. Three sons and a daughter. Firstborn was Ravana. And so this is the, this is the birth of the, the um, protagonist in this whole story. He's the, the evil Ravana. Firstborn was Ravana. Ravana had ten hideous heads and twenty arms and fit to horrify the universe. He had two fangs curving up from each mouth and coppery lips and twenty red eyes. When he was born, every dog in the world howled as loud as he could and chased his tail madly, turning left in circles. Next was born the giant Kumbhakarna, with ears shaped like, a, like big earthen water jars that stand higher than a man's waist. And he grew up in one day to stand taller than a high house. Then the frightful girl, Shurpan, Shurpanaka. Shurpanaka was born. And last of all was born Vibhishana, the good demon. So those are the, the four. Not long after their birth, Ravana and Vibhishana, so the ultimate demon and the good demon, saw the treasure lord come home from one of his visits. Ravana became sad that he had no such brilliance for himself. Then Ravana made the colossal Kumbhakarna stay home and not wander over the earth eating saints. And in that wide mountain forest, the three brothers sat contemplating the absolute immensity of life. In contemplation, they entered eternity. And so this is one pretty neat thing about the, this philosophy or the story here is that these demons they like plunge into deep deep meditation so, so they have just like us we have the ability to concentrate and, and plunge into meditation or plunge into deep concentration and then the question is, what do we want? What do we ask for? What do we focus on once we're able to get there? So the same thing, these demons, 
Um, Ravana becomes jealous. He sees what somebody else has. And so he gets his other two brothers and he says, you know, let's just meditate. Let's concentrate. Let's plunge into eternity. And at the end of every thousand years, Ravana cut off one of his heads and threw it into fire as a sacrifice until nine of his heads were gone. But one day remained. All of his heads were gone, and but one day remained before he would cut the last one. That day was passing. 10,000 years and Ravana's life were about to end together. Ravana held the knife to his throat when Brahma appeared and said, Stop, ask me a boon at once. And so this is the same Brahma that came down and granted a boon to the treasure lord when, after he'd done this incredible meditation and it was burning up Indra's throne. Brahma comes down and says, okay, I'll grant you a boon. So we see the same thing happening with Ravana. He's, he's such a sacrifice. He's like cut off one of his heads every thousand years. So he's sacrificing himself. He's giving... He's, um, like giving 100% of himself to his, to his meditation, to his practice. He's letting go of all attachment to self. So again, it's, it's incredible uh, spiritual advancement that, or concentration, this power. So then again, Brahma comes down and says, stop, ask me for a boon. I'm glad that I please you, said Ravana. Please me, said Brahma. Your will is dreadful, too strong to be neglected. Like a bad disease, I must treat it. Your pains make me hurt. Ask. So that's an interesting way to say it. You're like a disease that has to be treated. <laughs> so you're so much trouble in this universe. I, gotta, I have to do something about it because you're like, your power of concentration is just consuming things. And so Ravana says, may I be unslayable and never defeated by the gods or by anyone from any heaven or hell's devils or demon spirits or by underworld serpents or any yaksha or rakshasha. Granted, said Brahma quickly. He gave Ravana back his burnt heads better looking than before. They rose living from the ashes and settled on Ravana's necks. Ravana smiled and smoothed down his black mustaches. Brahma told Vibhishana, so remember he's with his two brothers. So his brother Vibhishana, who they call the good demon, ask, said Brahma, Vibhishana said, May I never forget dharma in peril or in pleasure, in comfort or in distraction. May I never forget dharma. And so dharma is a big theme throughout this book. Dharma is holding to the code of life. The idea of karma and dharma. Dharma is your action, your code of being. So he asked, May I never forget dharma. Brahma said, Yes, and you will be immortal on earth and exempt from death or oblivion. 
and my truth knows no turning. Finally, Lord Brahma turned to the giant Kumbhakarna, but the wind came to him invisibly and whispered, Grandfather, give him nothing. He has already eaten seven heavenly maidens and ten celestial musicians and many saints. He blunders around, ruining peace and happiness. Consider what he's done with no boons. With them, he will eat everyone. So this is the wind whispering to Brahma, the god. Brahma thought, Saraswati, white goddess of speech, for a moment, capture the words of Kumbhakarna. She entered the giant's throat, and Brahma said aloud, Kumbhakarna, quickly ask and quickly be given. Kumbhakarna answered, What I really want is to sleep for half a year. For half a year after every day. Oh, what I wanted what I really want is to sleep for half a year after every day I have to spend awake in this stupid world. He no long he no sooner spoke than he fell over into a deep sleep. So that big, the big demon, they didn't want him to get a boon because he's already so frightful. And so the wind whispers to Brahma, says, hey, don't give him anything. And then Brahma gets the idea and has Saraswati, the goddess of speech and the arts, go into him for a moment and utter. So he stays awake for one day and then he falls asleep for half the year. And so we, we, see, we meet him, we meet these three brothers again. Okay, so, so that's our stage is set with the, with the birth of these three guys. And again, I think the way it really comes back into our own lives is knowing that we have the capacity for concentration, for focus, and, and for holding our mind. And what we hold our mind on, we can truly manifest. And so... It's easy to say, oh, I would ask, you know, for everyone to be happy or for earth to be peaceful if I had a wish. But when it really comes down to look what you're doing on a, on a day-to-day basis and, and where is your life energy going and, and what are you drawing towards yourself? Thanks for joining us. This has been a production of Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga. Join us at our studios here in San Diego or visit us online at pyo.yoga. Namaste.